Welcome to the Adventures in Online Business podcast, a podcast of two guys thinking out loud while building and scaling their online businesses. Now, if you enjoy the podcast, we'd ask that you go to your favorite podcast app or player and rate, review, and subscribe. Now, without further ado, here are those two guys building and scaling their online businesses, Stephen Faust and Michael Tanner. Michael Tanner in Atlanta, Georgia, my friend, how are you doing this week? Stephen, man, I am great, and uh, and it is beautiful oh, here man. in Atlanta. The, the leaves are changing, uh, colors, wow. the temperatures are dropping. Yeah, we were we were in the high 30s a few days Whoa. ago one morning when I got up. Yeah, so it's beautiful here in Atlanta. How about there in Phoenix? Yeah, you know, I, my wife and I were, were in Sedona and Flagstaff, and the leaves were just beginning to change, so it's... I can definitely understand that. But back here in Phoenix, it's still pretty warm, although we are not in triple digits any longer. Our highs over the next 10 days range from 78 to 96, and our lows in the low 50s to 60. So we, mm-hmm. I think, I think we're out of the triple digit time period until at least next May or June. So I think so. Huh? I think so. I, we've, we've, right. we've broken it. Doesn't mean we might not have a day or two that spikes up, but I don't see anything in the next 10 days. that's even approaching a hundred degrees. So definitely you can tell that fall is in the air here in Phoenix. The nights are a little more crisp for crisp's sake. So we're looking, really looking forward to, this is the reason we live in Phoenix, Arizona, from this yeah. day until May, it's going to be a beautiful place. Well, with those kind of temperatures that you just talked about, I mean, you'll have to get your heavy jacket out, won't you? I mean, or do you yeah, even park. own a heavy jacket? Oh, yeah, I get the park is out. Sometimes, oh. it, you know, it does get cool, uh, pretty cool here in the winter compared to like a Florida or someplace back on east. Right. It'll, right. Um, we'll see temperatures in the 20s uh, and 30s at night, and uh, it's, it's really... A, you know, with very low humidity, it's just a really crisp cold yeah. and the highs will get in, you know, 50s, 60s, uh, 70s. So it does does have some chill in the air and it's you do need jackets in Phoenix at certain times of the year, but it's uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. You got to come out and visit sometime. Well, I'm looking forward to getting out there and seeing you sometime. Yes. All right. What do you think? What are we doing today? So, hey, let's talk about. Uh, I thought we'd share with our audience today some of the activities that you and I have going on right now and, and specifically in our mastermind group regarding annual planning where we're kind of, here we are, we're in October of 2020. Um, I, I know a lot of people are wondering with all this pandemic going on and all that, if, if 2020 will ever end, uh, but it will. December 31st of 2020 will come. And when it does, we're going to lead right into 2021, and we've been about the business of trying to really envision next year about our businesses and and really do some annual planning on what are our goals, what are our revenue streams, and financial planning and operational planning. We've been doing a lot of that in preparation for 2021, and then we've been talking about it inside of our mastermind group and getting feedback from from the other members um, in our hot seat in, in our masterminds. And so I thought we'd kind of talk our audience through that and and why it's important to us and, and what are some of the things that we're doing? How's that sound? 
Sounds, sounds timely. It really does, because this is the time of the year that corporations and day job folks like you and me on the other side of this uh, gig on the day job, that there is discussion beginning about what next year is going to look like. How are we going to roll up? What are the top line sales going to be? How are we going to get there? And then beginning to put those initial plans in place. And I, su- I would suggest that it's very formal and very intentional when you do it with a corporation or a company, but oftentimes entrepreneurs that are starting or scaling their online businesses, that could be easily overlooked because it's just not something that many entrepreneurs think about. They kind of roll with the change, kind of go with the flow and kind of figure things out. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing it that way. I suggest, and Michael suggests that by, by taking a little bit of that process from maybe the corporate world and applying it to your entrepreneurial journey, your online business can bring clarity much faster and set a roadmap out that you can follow and track against and really get ahead quicker and not sit back wondering kind of what's next in your business. And "Mm, I don't know if that's going to work or that's going to work. Do a little bit of work up front. And that's what we're going to talk about today and some of the things that we're doing. And if this gives you some inspiration and ways to think about doing it differently, that is a great thing. So I'm looking forward to it, Michael. Yeah. So you're exactly right. You and I both have years and years of experience of doing this in the corporate world. I mean, for as long as I've been in leadership in, in the corporate world, there's never been a year where we didn't um, prepare for the next year. And it doesn't matter if you are a part of a public company or a privately held company, you know, a, a large company or a small company. To some degree, that corporation or that company is going to do some planning for next year. But unfortunately, when we're, especially in positions like you and me, where we're doing this side gig um, or, or maybe a, an entrepreneur, maybe they're, they're you know, in this full time, but they're just getting started. I think far too often, especially when we're early on, and especially when it's a solopreneur type of situation, we fail to take the time to do this type of planning. And when we do that, we lead into the next year and you you just don't have a target. You're just kind of, you feel like you're kind of wandering aimlessly through the wilderness and, and, whatever happens next year just kind of happens. You, you you have no real method for being intentional about making next year the business year that you want it to be or that you need it to be. If you haven't first done some planning, you're just going to kind of wander through next year without a plan. Um, and so that's why it's important, I believe, to take a step back from the the daily grind of writing blog posts or podcast recordings or recording a, you know, course episodes or you know, all that activity still has to get done, but I think there's some time, it's important to take some time to step back, think bigger picture, think future, and really write down a plan on what you want to do next year. So it's super important, solopreneur or not, just getting started or not, you know, big business, small business, high revenue, low revenue, wherever you are, I think this kind of activity is really, really important for you. Yep. So what about we, what do you think, Stephen? We, we kind of dive in and talk about what what has our annual planning been looking like? I, I know last week in the Mastermind, I shared with you guys my annual plan for next year. Um, this week it's you. Um, you'll be sharing yours. But what do you think? We we talk about some of the some of the content, some of the the 
the items we talked sure. about in our in our plans. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. And then uh, to your earlier comment, I don't know. I think you made it before we started recording that it's really working in your business versus on your business. And I think if I look in the mirror at myself for 2020, 2020 has been a, a bit of a nutty year for everybody. But that said, I spent the year working head down in the middle of the muck, trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to get a, a, a product moving, a dollar made, a client built. And I did not nearly enough step out of that situation, get on a ladder, look down on the things that are being made and talk about how to further the business in the right way. I was too in the middle of uh, many times just squirrel, squirrel syndrome, but shiny object mm -hmm. syndrome, moving from one thing to the next. I'm no, uh, I'm definitely not a person that, um, that uh, doesn't suffer from that. I suffer from that greatly as a lot of people do, but I think it's, I think it's absolutely important that this year going into 2021, that we take a different, more intentional approach, having learned that running around in circles for a year doesn't necessarily get you the results that you want. And I'm a perfect, a perfect uh, example of that and really looking forward to doing it in a different way, more like I would do it in a corporate way where you have the structure, where you have mm -hmm. things that you're working to achieve and then outlining it, putting it out there. And then through the relationships that we have, how do we stay accountable to it? So uh, I like the concept. I like the approach. Uh, and as you said, Michael, you went through yours with the mastermind group last week. My turn is tonight. And I think this episode will be a, a well-suited one just to go through some of the things you did. And I can give some insights on things that I'm thinking about as well. And it'll think resonate and at least get our listeners thinking about different ways to approach their business um, intentionally and how to grow. Yeah. Well, so let me dive into kind of some of the topics that I shared with you guys last week. And, and first I'll say that as I started, you know, went about this exercise of, of thinking through all this and, and planning next year. Um, I took the approach of thinking of next year as if I were a, a, a small company, a little bit larger than what I am today. So today I'm a solopreneur, right? It's just me. But as I was thinking through these topics that we're going to talk about here, I was thinking about well, what if I were a five-person company, right? What if it were me and four other people on the payroll? And, and, and so I, I tried to think of it in those terms because that's my goal one day is to, is to you know, uh, create jobs and, and hire people and have team, you know, a team of my own. And, you know, that's, that's the expansion of my business. So I was already putting myself in that mindset as I went through this planning, right? But so I'll, I'll just kind of, Go through the bullet list of here's, and I'm not going to dive into the details of all of these. We can talk through any of them you'd like, but just kind of go through the bullet list of the the items that I wanted to plan out in my annual planning for next year. So the first thing I talked about was uh, our mission statement. So you know what we do, right? So again, I'm thinking from a from a standpoint of I have a team of people. What do we do? So creating a mission statement so that I can. Um, share that with my team, but also share that with my clients, my customers as well. And then secondly, uh, core values. I really, really want to make sure that 
any business that I'm leading operates under a set of core values, whether it's just me, I want to operate under these core values as an individual, but certainly when I have a team, I want this team operating under this core set of core values as well. And then for me, I also put in here um, into the agenda of, of my presentation, a my personal purpose. And we've already had a podcast episode about that, so I won't get into the details, but I just feel the need on a, on a pretty regular basis to really revisit and re-remind myself of why I want to do all this hard work and why I want to do these things. Um, we, we all agreed as a mastermind group that we ought to be talking about lessons learned. So over the last year or more, what are some of the lessons we've learned as a part of trying to develop and grow our own business? So I shared a few of those. And then we really got into the nuts and bolts of, a, of an annual plan. We got into financial goals. We got into, and I defined for you guys, my planned revenue streams. What are the different ways, methods that I plan to earn revenue next year? And then got, even got into the details of trying to forecast out what, how much revenue on a monthly basis might be coming in from those different types of revenue streams. And then following that, I talked about operating costs. So to develop or to offer those revenue streams, what kind of cost is associated with offering that? So, you know, what, what type of operating cost will I have to offer up those revenue streams and earn that revenue that we talked about? So uh, in the corporate world, right, you would, you would refer to this maybe as a P&L profit and loss statement or something like that uh, with both of those parts, the finance, financial goal part, revenue part, and then the operating cost. Um, and then finally, I talked about uh, kind of the business operations. What are some of the things that I need to do more of, do better, or maybe I'm not doing them at all and I need to start doing them? What are some of the things that I need to do or do better in 2021 to recognize that revenue and, and hit those forecasts that we had talked about? And then finally, I shared with our mastermind group, how are, what are some of the ways that the mastermind group can help me to achieve those goals? And it was things like accountability and so on and so forth. So that, that's kind of the list. That's the bullet list of topics and items that I included in my annual planning for 2021. Yeah, that, that was all great stuff. That was a great conversation that we had last week around that. For me, I took um, yeah, a similar approach, I think. I, I didn't include some of the elements you did, um, but I did include a few things here. So the way I've walked through it on mine, just at a high level, kind of category level, so I have two components. I have a PowerPoint presentation and I have an Excel workbook that has some different data in it. So I start out, I start out with, uh, as you had mentioned, it's important, and we all agreed to do this, lessons learned in 2020, right? So uh, that was an important one for me. It made me think a lot about, a lot about uh, what that meant, things I could really do differently, things that didn't work, and things that affected or impacted my ability to be where I wanted to be. So the lessons learned in 2020 was a big component of that. And we can get into a few of these at some point if we want. Uh, my next area I targeted here on my on my PowerPoint was financial goals. Very simple that I've kind of highlighted got some streams of income and a few things around operating expense that I'd like to focus on. And those items are really detailed out over into the Excel 
kind of the P&L and, and the, work, the worksheet as well. I actually have a, have a tab on the, on the um, uh, Excel sheet around tools I use. And I know I've spoken with you and with, with Heather and, and for anybody else out there is one of my big, big flaws, drawbacks, things I've got to get a lot better at. It's self-acknowledged as I buy way too many tools. I, I, you know, get excited about an aspect of something. I'll purchase it. Uh, a lot of times I'll buy, I'll buy it and forgot that, that I had it and I just pay for it, don't even use it. So I've really been intentional. I'd say I spent a few hours yesterday just consolidating my tool list, making sure that tools weren't on there that I had already paid for, signed up for, got put on there. So I think I have a pretty comprehensive list and impact on what that looks like from an annual spend standpoint. And, and that's going to make me think through how to do something different with that list just from being smart. So I was a big, mm -hmm. big part of mine. And then I have a section called, I just call business goals thinking about next year. You know, you can't do everything. You can't, uh, you know, part, part the ocean and try to solve world hunger in a year, especially given the maturity and where we're at in our business kind of transformation. So I, I did pick a half a dozen things that I want to focus on for next year and be very intentional about. And then lastly, I have a section called um, self-development goals. And mm -hmm. uh, I've just highlighted some things that, that are important to me and that I think about, and then will uh, help work on me as much as we work on the business. So uh, they, they go hand in hand. And then lastly, uh, as you did, I have a, a a slide here for how the mastermind, how our mastermind, you and Heather can support and help me achieve these goals. Right? There's just a yeah. few a few ideas or statements or uh, affirmations there that kind of put that front and center and make me think about um, how to leverage the goodness of of these relationships, both for mm -hmm. myself and to help you. And Heather as well. So those those six slides plus the the Excel template, which has sales expenses, uh, the tools on there, I think make up the the kind of the the package that I plan on sharing right. tonight. So I'm happy to right. go through any any examples or insights on any one of those areas. Uh, how how would you like to go through any of this? Well, I think, I, you know, based on something you just said, I mean, you made a, a really good point that I would really like to emphasize. Again, if we if we go back to talking about why this annual planning and, and, and all is, is so important, you know, you mentioned having a category in your expenses, in your operating costs and all about developing yourself. And and I had kind of the same thing. I don't remember if I called it training or whatever, but, but I had uh, funds allocated to, um, and, and actually, you pointed out even in, in my presentation of that, that I didn't have enough in there. Um, and in fact, I'd made a mistake in my spreadsheet and, and needed to allocate more. But it just, it, that just speaks to the importance of doing this because especially when you're so busy in the business, you know, working on the daily grind, that's one of the first things that gets pushed off or pushed aside is development of yourself. Right. And, and especially in the world that you and I are in, we're solopreneurs right now. Um, and if we don't develop ourselves, no one else is going to, right. Uh, there's not a, a company behind us 
throwing funds at our development, we have to do that, right? Um, and and we have to advance ourselves in order to advance our business, right? Uh, whatever the next phase or the next activities of our business, you know, one of the things I mentioned in my presentation was I really need to get much better at uh, salesmanship. I need to get much better at advertising and marketing, copywriting, those kind of things. Um, and I, I, I don't, I can't afford in my business to just kind of learn those things as I go and make mistakes. I need to invest in myself and, and spend money and time with other experts in those areas so that they can teach me in a much faster pace and I can learn from them and learn from their mistakes and, and not, uh, be dependent on learning those from my own mistakes inside of my business. That's take, that takes too long. And so it's just super, super important that you do these annual planning activities so that you can step back as we talked about and see your own need for that kind of stuff and make sure that you're intentional about putting that in your plan, in your financial plans and things like that. So important. Yeah, it is. It's, being intentional about it is key. If it's if it's not something you're thinking about or you have on paper or committed to, it's just not going to happen because life takes over, the world takes over, and um, you know I agree. So I've I've been you know I've spent the last year in in 2020 just trying to figure out you know honestly if I'm just being honest I'm just trying to make a buck right yeah, I, like I just want to I just want to prove to myself that I can make a dollar doing something that somebody's is actually wanting something that I have put together and offered. And, um, you know, that whole imposter syndrome that, that I know I've had, had, uh, bouts of in 2020, and I'm I'm sure that won't be the last It kind of comes and goes, but I just want to, I just want to put valuable content out, but I also, I want to prove that this is a business. I want to prove that this isn't just kind of a fun hobby. I want to turn this into a, a money-making machine that's done on the right principles. It's done in ways that it helps people, but yet it's done in ways that I can begin to predict what that looks like and have a yeah. have a business that I can operate. And I'm not there yet for sure. And I've sold a couple things. I've sold, you know, one coaching package for $950. I've sold, you know, if I think about 2020, I've sold uh, a handful of, um, of little, uh, products and counseling packages for a very low mm-hmm. cost, a few hundred dollars of that. I've sold uh, three courses at about $500. Um, great, happy for that, but yep. you know, it's what's, what's next. I mean, I, there's a lot of dibbling and dabbling around in some of this stuff, but I, I want to get a much more consistent flow of, of revenue. Um, mm-hmm. e- even if not massive, consistent, right? Get consistent. If I'm only going to sell five courses a month, then let's figure out a way to sell five courses a month, not, yeah. not, uh, sell five and then nothing for four months and then five, let's get a consistency here. So I think about that. I think about that. And I also think about the effort and energy that I spend in it to achieve that outcome, knowing that it's, knowing that it is likely to be heavily skewed towards a lot of work and effort to get a little bit of outcome knowing that, mm-hmm. but at some mm-hmm. point I think through our knowledge and relationships and experience and 
the way we approach things and the different tools we use and just the way we write copy and, and just get mm -hmm. smarter. I would expect that that, that ratio would shift. We would see much more consistent output and um, that that's kind of where I'm at. So yep. uh, I know I'm looking forward to tonight's discussion just to get, get it, my plan picked on a little bit and tell me where I'm, I'm maybe not seeing things through my own lens the right way. Mm -hmm. And, and I think all, all listeners out there that are contemplating whether you're going to start a dog walking business or a window washing business or an online course business or any type of business that you're going to be relying on yourself, whatever that is, don't just show up and start doing the work. Make sure you're, you're thinking about what that work looks like, how that work yeah. plays back into your life, because sometimes you could spend, and I'm an example of this, I could have a little bit of revenue, but I can spend 10x in cost and tools to make it happen. And uh, to me, it feels good because I'm doing something. I'm doing this busy work of tools and doing cool stuff. But if you're not paying the bills with that money that you're making, then the, your ratio in your equation is, is significantly off. Yeah. And I think my blind spot is, and I think with you, Michael, it could be the same, is that we fund all of these side gigs that we do today, we are funding the gaps with our day job. Exactly. Right? That's what we do. Yep. I mean, if I, oh, I need a thousand bucks. I haven't made a thousand bucks in my business uh, to go be able to do that, but I have a thousand bucks. So I'll go take the thousand bucks out of my personal funds and mm -hmm. kind of feels the same, but it's not the same. You're not running a business yep. the right way, but it's kind of where we are, where a lot of business uh, owners get to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, perfect example of that. It, you know, last week we talked about the disaster that was me dumping, you know, my water bottle into my laptop. Um, and I just, well, I mean, it was it was hard to do because of uh, hard to get my hands on a new laptop, but I just went and bought a new laptop. Well, I bought that laptop. The business didn't buy that new laptop. I did, right? And so you're exactly right. I mean, there are still expenses like that laptop and, and other things that, I'm just doing myself and not necessarily in the business yet. And, and I'll certainly grow to that point where all those other things are, are coming out of the business too. But, uh, well, I, I thought we'd share this. So I, the, the audience is probably thinking, all right, so you're, you're doing a lot of this planning, share some of the ideas that you, that you uh, have around revenue and, and maybe even share some numbers and things like that. So let me, I'll, I'll kind of describe some of the, the revenue streams that I shared with you guys last week and, and, and give some numbers and I'll give you some updated numbers from what I, I shared last week as well. These will be new numbers to you that I, uh, that I changed after my mastermind group with you guys, uh, last week. But so here's some of the revenue streams that I, that I came up with or that I was planning to really, really focus in on next year. Um, and you'll notice that in some of my revenue streams, I'm my revenue streams are not near as passive income as your revenue streams are. Now that's not to say you're not working hard and, and doing all that, but, but you don't have to be present for someone to spend money uh, in your business. Right. But you'll see in my, um, in, in my uh, revenue streams, I do. Right. So the first three um, revenue streams that I'm planning for next year, the first is workshops. So this is team building workshops, leadership development workshops, 
This is either in person uh, with a team, you know, on site or it's virtual workshops uh, with the COVID thing and all going on. And a lot, obviously a lot of people are doing virtual stuff, but it's workshops for the purpose of building teamwork or for developing leadership. Uh, secondly is coaching. So individual coaching, I may venture into group coaching or kind of group mastermind coaching uh, around that. But initially it's, uh, you know, individual coaching on leadership. And then third, you know, keynote speeches. So uh, opening up in, uh, you know, on-site events or, or off-site events for companies and things like that, where they want to talk about teamwork or they want to talk about leadership. So just giving keynote speeches there. So those first three, as you can see, I'm trading time for money, right? So those are not what we would consider to be passive income. But I think they're critically important for me to kind of learn. Remember, I, I told you about, I, I need to learn advertising and marketing and salesmanship. Well, it's going to be much easier for me to learn that when I'm doing that face-to-face, -face, right? When I'm face-to-face -face with someone selling them a workshop, then I can learn those skills. And then I can convert those skills into sales pages and things like that, that I can utilize for more passive income. So I do have online courses in my revenue stream plan for next year. It's just not the, the bulk of my revenue plan for next year. And that's just because I feel like I, I've got a lot of learning to do in the advertising and marketing and salesmanship uh, to sell those online courses. And I need to get, we've talked about this on the podcast before, I need to get more people in the internet world, in the online world that know, like, and trust me. And I'm going to do that through a lot of efforts in those other three, the workshops and the coaching and the keynotes and, and things like that. So those are my four planned revenue streams next year. Now, I shared with the Mastermind Group last week that I thought my financial goal was $25,000 in revenue next year through those four revenue streams. And then when I went through the activity of forecasting that out each month, then I noticed that the numbers added up to be greater than 25,000. But then, and this is part of imposter syndrome coming in a little bit. Then mentally, I started playing some gymnastics mentally and said, well, but I want to leave my goal at 25,000 just because that felt like a number I was more comfortable with hitting, right? Uh, and you're actually, and I, and I put a, I put a bullet in the bottom of that slide and I said, I'm planning 25% shortfall. And that was because my forecast came up to $31,200. That's roughly 25% more than, than $25,000. And I said, well, okay, I'll just, I'll leave that contingent, that 25% contingency in my plan. I'll leave my goal at 25,000. If I hit 31,000, wonderful. I will live at seed my, but you pointed out and you were exactly right. And it was really just kind of an imposter syndrome uh, hitting me to say, well, who am I to think that I could earn more than $25,000 in revenue next year? Well, I, what I believe to be a, a, a decent forecasting plan for next year suggests that I can't. So I've adjusted my financial goal for next year to $32,000. Um, so that's what I'm going after next year. We'll see if I get there. We'll be back here, I guess, in January of 22. And we'll talk about, did we actually hit our goals or not? Yeah. Wow. That was good stuff. I mean, you, uh, I struggle too. You know, you start putting these numbers together. I'm like, man, that feels high. Oh my gosh. Is that going to happen? 
Uh, and again, it's an imposter syndrome. And it's, it's really the, the gap between the number that we see on paper and for me, recognizing, do I have the skill set in place for the marketing, the sales, the, the making those connections to get it in front? If you believe in your product, and I know firsthand your products, because I've been sitting through your products in a paid relationship. I, so I know how your products resonate. Uh, they resonate well. I've received good feedback. So you have something to really put out there. And for you, it's just to that other part of sales marketing, pitching, copywriting. There's no doubt if you can figure that secret sauce out, it's going to exponentially get you further down the road. And then just leveraging relationships also, right? You do one, you do one group uh, session, good feedback, good testimonials. It's going to lead to the next one. It's going to lead to the next one. And at some point you're going to have a, a pretty, pretty broad group of folks that you can reach out to that can really talk about what you've done. And I think that's going to help you as well. And when I look at mine, when I look at my five revenue, I call them revenue segments. uh, They are much more passive than what yours are. And I, and for me, I, that's just a desire I have. The desire I have is, is to be more skewed towards passive. Doesn't mean I wouldn't get up and do something live. But I think about my time and and my day job and what I prefer. I'd prefer more uh, time uh, just to work on things at the pace that I want to and get people into my world and and studying at the pace they want to. And just something that appeals to me. But my my five revenue areas here are AdSense revenue, Google AdSense revenue, whereas a website I recently purchased, which was this last uh, two episodes ago, the website that Stephen buys a website. That, yeah, episode fifty three was yeah. that web, or was that yep. a podcast episode? Yep. So that kind of walks through my journey on that website, and that's why AdSense revenue I have kind of listed at the top here because that is truly passive income. People come to your site, blah blah blah, you get revenue. So that's that's a revenue segment for me. Second one here is online courses. I have an online course already developed and built and in the can. I've sold three copies of it. Um, it tells me that there was some interest for it. I do. I've went in and, and tweaked that course, renamed it a little bit, um, kind of thought about ways to make it more appealing, uh, changed the price on it a little bit just to see if we can get some pumps primed here. Um, and I'm going to use my new website and the 200,000 person Facebook page to, to start doing that. I'm going to do it with some lives and things, but it's just something I'm thinking about doing. So online courses is next up for me. Other digital products would be another stream insofar as I have a, a counseling package examples that I've sold just tinkering around with. I've, I've been selling it for like a $5 half price deal. Uh, I've sold somewhere like 42 or 43 of those in the last week. So that's been, it's been a few hundred dollars of revenue. So that would fall under there. And then uh, I have coaching upsells as a segment. So as I offer courses to people and get people into that world, my, my idea here is to put in like a one hour zoom call upsell as they purchase that as an option for them, if they want to jump on a, a call and get some, you know, direct feedback or help 
for an hour, maybe help put a game plan together. Um, I'm interested in doing that and charging, you know, don't know what I'll charge for that. Maybe that's a hundred bucks. Maybe that's, that's, I have to think about what that is in the audience Mm -hmm. that I'm serving, but I see that as another segment. And then the final segment I have on here is new products, uh, and it's TBD. So, and that, that means there are, because the, the, because I'm fortunate to have a, a webpage that gets a lot of traffic and I have a Facebook group that is very uh, large and has a, you can post something in there and get a lot of pretty quick interest. Uh, right. How to leverage those two, two traffic sources as a way to have some new relevant product that I could make available to that. So I'm thinking about what that could be, what that might be for that audience and, and leverage that and use that to drive to drive some additional revenue. So those are the five, right. five areas that I'm looking at uh, for next year. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and I, you know, obviously recognize that uh, most of those are passive income. You know, you mentioned the upsell of coaching. Well, you're, you're trading time for money uh, when they purchase that upsell, but pretty much all the rest of that, it, the, these new products, it depends on what they are, obviously. Uh, but those are, uh, a passive income. And again, that just simply means you don't have to be present for someone to spend money with you, right? You could be in the bed asleep and someone buy your course or someone click on one of the ads in on your, on your webpage. Uh, and that brings revenue into you. Now, I think you're, you would agree and you would say this to our audience out loud here is that that doesn't mean you're not working hard, right? Just because you have revenue streams that are considered to be passive income you're still working hard. You know, you're doing a lot of hard work to put these things out there, to drive traffic to them, to keep traffic to them, to keep people engaged. You know, you you mentioned the Facebook group. Uh, Well, you can't just have the Facebook group just be there and, and people, you know, see that you've got to create content and you've got to put it out there and that drives traffic to your website. Uh, So yeah, you're still doing a lot of hard work, but it's passive income such that, they can buy these things from you and you don't necessarily have to be there. I, I, I want to be there as well. I definitely want to get there as well. And when I get there with some online courses and things like that, that at one point, at some point in the future, that will be the bulk of my revenue will be passive income similar to that as well. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's having spent the last, you know, I don't know, 30 plus years in either the military or in corporate America, it's, I've always been subjected to everyone else's schedules, times to do things. And the shift here is to the intent's not to not do anything. The intent is to have more passive income that to your point, there's a lot of work that needs to happen, right? It needs to, you know, you got to market stuff. You have to create new products. You have to pitch it. You have to, you know, service your customers. Hopefully, if you start getting a lot of customers, you have to make sure that they're supported, engaging with them, uh, all of that stuff. But I can do all of that on my time, right. right? And that's the key. It's not a it's not a workshop that I'm. I have a commitment five days to go deliver a workshop from twelve noon to four p.m. five days in a row. I I just and I'm not opposed to that, and I wouldn't mind doing that. But for now, out of the gate. I'm trying to create a business that the work that I do 
can be done at three in the morning or nine in the morning or six o'clock right. at night. And I can service the customer, produce the content, build the products, manage the website, handle the Facebook page on my time, my schedule, which is something that I haven't had that luxury afforded to me for decades. And yeah. I, and I really may be skewing hard to that because of that, but it's something that, um, that I'm intentionally focused on now, but I would be interested in the right setting in the right situation. Happy to go do a talk somewhere, happy mm -hmm. to go provide and, and do a workshop somewhere. I think those, as I learn more and do more with these revenue streams, those are potentially going to open up other, other possibilities that could lead to that. And, right. um, I'm all for it at the right time, but you know, trying to focus on the, the critical few, these are the things that I'm going after here in 2021. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. You know, the biggest things I, I want our audience to know is passive income or not building your business. It, it doesn't exist or it doesn't happen when you just build a website or build an online course or something like that and put it out there and people will come. That's not the way it works, right? It doesn't happen overnight. And it doesn't happen where you can just put it out there and people will come and start spending money. Um, you still have to do a lot of work. So whether someone like me, you're, you're trading time for money with some workshops or coaching or something like that, or more like Steven, you're, you're doing the, the passive income things where you, you have the, the product out there and at any moment, at any time of any day, they can purchase it. You're still doing a lot of hard work. Uh, as you're saying there, Stephen, to, to drive traffic to that. But again, in your world, you can do that anytime you want and from anywhere you want, right? So uh, that's the, the the beauty of passive income. But I, I definitely would not want our audience to feel like you just put it out there and people will come and you'll have a successful business. You're still going to work really, really hard to make that business successful. Yeah. Pa passive isn't passive. Passive isn't the, the way that you just uh, turn a dial and you go off for a month and come back and you have a million dollars in your bank. That's not passive. Passive means the work that you put into it is, is leveraged for, to the output that you get from it. Right. So you yep. spend, yep. you spend work in it, but it's not the same as trying to drive uh, more in-person things. You do a lot of work, a lot of work, and then you can let it sit and it can drive results for a period of time. Um, but there is a lot of work to set it up, to monitor it, to maintain it, to tweak it. But you're not constantly having to do that for sales to be made, for sales yeah. to occur. And that's the beauty of it. Passive is definitely not hands off and it's definitely not um, being involved in it. It's just the way the revenue is, is, you know, you attract the revenue based on some hard work that was done at a different time. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, again, the, the point where, I mean, we're really harping on this, you're going to work hard, you're going to work hard. So let's make sure that all that hard work is taking us where we want to go. And the best way to make sure that the hard work you're doing is taking you where you want to go is to have a plan in front of you that you can follow with your hard work. And and so again, we just kind of go back to why this is so important that you do these kind of annual planning activities. You take that step back and think about these things is so that you can create a plan 
so that when you do the hard work, you know you're doing the right hard work and it's leading you to the place you want to go. So next year, you know, I'm, I'm focused in on these workshops and coaching and keynotes and some online um, courses and all. If someone next year were to come to me and say, hey, Michael, I would really like for you to build a, a you know, a year long curriculum that my uh, company can follow for leadership development. Well, I would look at my plan for 2021 and, and I would look at it and, and I would realize one, that's a lot of hard work to do that, but also it's not in my plan. And I've got to really, really think hard about, do I want to change my plan and put that in there? Or is that something that's distracting me away from my plan? And, and, it, and if it is, then, then I can say no to that and, and stick to my plan. So that's why, again, it's just so important to have these annual planning activities. Yes, you're a solopreneur, but just make sure that the hard work you're doing is leading you to where you want to go by having the plan in front of you uh, and not getting distracted by other things just because maybe it does bring in, a, you know, a little bit of revenue. Yeah, that, that happened recently to our good friend Heather where she was brought something. And exactly. she, she uh, at, at first, hey, wow, this feels good. Look at this. I got this. This is a big deal. And then she realized, and, and I know on our mastermind call, she realized that that the amount of work and effort that that would take would take her completely off of her business plan, her game plan that she wanted to go do. So it was just about, about, you know, was it the right thing? And I think she ultimately decided it wasn't. Yeah, she did. You know, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up because if you remember the, the whole scenario, how that whole thing played out. Yeah. She was, she was presented with a really, really big project. And it had a lot of revenue associated with it. But to your point, it was, it was really tangent to, to her current plan for her business and what she wanted to do. And yeah, ultimately she said no to that. And then shortly after that, if you recall, she was presented with another opportunity, almost the exact same type of revenue that fits squarely in her business plan. And she was able to say yes to that. Now, if she had said yes to the first thing, then she would have been so busy with that that she would probably have had to say no to to the opportunity that was right you know right square with her uh, with her business plan. So that's why you got to exactly. have these plans in front of you so that you can make those kind of tough decisions. Yeah, you cannot say yes to everything when when you don't have a lot of right. revenue when you're chasing a few things. It it sometimes feels like oh I just I'll just say yes to anything right I'll I'll right, just say right. yes to anything I'll do it for you know ten percent of what I would normally charge I would say do not do that you're going to lower your value you're mm -hmm. going to be the low end of that product you don't want to be that you want to be you want to be the the high, the high anchor point for that that's going to drive. Uh, not only the revenue, but it's going to drive the quality. It's going to drive how much you can invest in the people and, and the solution that they're buying. And uh, you don't want to be kind of a, the the lowest bidder out there that's just going to throw something at somebody for a dollar and, and there's no future relationship. So uh, I think it's important that we do that. And uh, no, I, li I like the path that we're on. I like the plan. I like the way we're walking through it as a, as a group here. And it, it's nothing else that brings things in, into focus and real clarity. And it's going to make us think about how next year unfolds. And if we do well, great. If we don't, we'll figure out why. And, but at least stay positive and keep moving forward. 
Yeah, definitely. So let's let's talk call, calls to action as we as we kind of wrap up. I mean, uh, I, I think you know the call to action that, that's coming in in this episode, and that is build yourself an annual plan. Right here we are. Right, if you're if you're listening to this podcast episode as it's being released, we're kind of in in late October, early November here. So this is prime time for you to put the pause button on your activities in your business and really step back and think about what do you want next year to look like? What do you, what kind of revenue do you want to bring in next, next year? And how do you want to bring that revenue in all these other bigger picture things that you want to document, you want to put down in a plan so that as you enter in the next year and you continue to do the hard work, you know, you're doing the right hard work and you can also protect yourself from getting distracted from other things and, and things like that. So that's your call to action is take the time to do a, you know, an annual planning exercise because it is so important. I hope we've, you know, convinced you how important it is to do that. And so uh, also for, for our podcast, your call to action, head over to adventuresinonlinebusiness.com. Adventuresinonlinebusiness.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes for all of our episodes. This is episode number 55, where we're talking about annual planning, but you'll find all the other episodes there as well, adventuresinonlinebusiness.com. And if you want to find out more about Stephen and about me, there's links there as well, but head over to adventuresinonlinebusiness.com and you'll find that. So until Stephen and I speak to you again next week with more adventures in online business, be blessed and lead well.